Welcome back to the show. Today I talk about burnout and anxiety. I had an experience with anxiety recently that I haven't had in a long time and it brought me back to 2019 and a big burnout and everything that really led me to changing my life completely. So if you have ever experienced anxiety or panic attacks, if you are in the middle of or recovering from burnout, or if you're looking to change your life, to live a life that aligns more with who you really are, I think this episode is for you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, 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 my loves, my darlings, my friends. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Yoga Girl podcast, Conversations from the Heart. I am um, sitting here a little bit worried that today's podcast is going to be noisy. I don't know what's going on. I can't get the dogs to stop barking. They are a couple of rooms away, running in and out of the house, just barking at something. I don't know. And uh, we have a neighbor, someone on the neighbor property is cutting the grass or doing something with a very, very loud machine. And there's a lot of boats going by at the same time. So if you hear just a bunch of stuff in the background, that's what that is. Where to where to begin today? So I had a very, very, very bad night. Yeah, I guess that's where I begin. <laughs> I had a I had a very bad night. I don't know, or I know a little bit what's going on, but I had one of those nights where I just could not for the life of me fall asleep, no matter what I did, no matter how much I tried. I could not wind down. I all of a sudden, you know, I had a really good day, really, really, really good day yesterday. Just one of those super beautiful, easygoing, but busy in the right kind of way kind of days. And at the end of the day, watched a movie with Dennis and we went to bed. He fell right asleep. I closed my eyes and immediately felt overwhelmed with anxiety. And not the kind of anxiety that relates to something specific, you know, having a specific worry or something that you're really anxious about or visualizing maybe is going to happen or a thing coming up in the future that you're worried about or an issue you're dealing with, like that kind of anxiety that points to something. Not that, just this very visceral feeling of overwhelming anxiousness filling my entire body. And it's been a long time since I had this, yeah, since I had this kind of experience. I've been dealing with anxiety on and off for most of my life. For a long time, I didn't know what I was working through or dealing with was anxiety. I, uh, it was always just this feeling that would propel me into more busyness 
So I've realized that the busiest cycles and times of my life have also been the most anxious, but I stayed really busy so I wouldn't have to feel it, right? It's a really smart strategy to avoid feeling any challenging or difficult or uncomfortable feelings is to stay so busy that you don't have time to be with yourself, which obviously is a terrible idea in the long run, but smart in the moment, you know, if you're feeling overwhelmed or the thing that that you're going through is too much, right? It's actually, uh, you know, all the coping mechanisms that we have and that that we, most of us have been using to cope with hard, hard things since we were little, they are there for a reason, you know, not just, it's not random, it's not stupid, it's not just a bad thing, but at some point these mechanisms helped us, right? They served us really well. I've had experiences in my own childhood where the smartest most intelligent thing I could do to stay alive and to manage was to check out right to not feel and as I've grown older staying really busy just became became part of my personality became something that I just did and of course it took a lot of struggle and a lot of inner work to arrive at a place of realizing that oh all this stuff I'm doing all the time, all day. It's not just building a career. It's not just raising a family. It's not just taking care of other people. It's actually something that I feel like I have to do so that I don't have to slow down and feel, right? And everything we don't feel adds up and gets harder and harder with time and as we age. So eventually, I like to believe that life is going to give us one of those little collapses that are actually an opportunity for us to stop everything and to get really present with why we act the way we act, what our patterns are like, what our conditioning is like, and if it's not serving us, of course, to heal and to change. So for me, this this feeling of anxiety, I, I've had a lot of, of course, I've shared it on the podcast <laughs> I don't know what what episode that would be, but I remember my last book tour was one of those moments or one of those seasons in my life when I had become very aware of the fact that I wasn't feeling well and that the pace I was living at and moving at just wasn't sustainable and wasn't working. And I think it's a challenging thing to realize that your life isn't working and then there is this big space of time, this gap when you're wanting to change your life, right? When you're when you realize you have to make changes and put things into action, but it takes time to change your life. So for as long as I was really unconscious and not present with what I was doing and how I was feeling in that way, I was fine to keep grinding and hustling and, you know, running at 200 miles per hour every moment of the day. But the moment I recognized that, hey, this is not, I can't live like this. It, it was like the veil dropped and I became acutely aware of everything that wasn't working. But then I had all of these commitments I had to fulfill. I had all of these things scheduled and major big stuff that I still had to do. And that triggered for me this overwhelming anxiety that would come in really terrifying episodes in a way that I'd never experienced really in my life. 
And so I think this was 2019. You know, Leia was like two, two and a half. All I really wanted to do was to be home with her. But that was the last thing I could do. I had I had a book tour and a bunch of PR stuff and TV appearances and, you know, interviews with journalists and traveling from place to place and then a bunch of groups and teacher trainings and huge things that I had to had to do. And I would find myself in moments of quiet. It was always in a lull between busyness when I would get really present with, okay, okay, you know, I'm living this life I don't want to live. I'm running this fast. I'm too tired to run. I don't want it anymore. And every time I stopped and I was able to get really present with myself, this big anxiety, this wave of anxiety would just flow up and it would it would take over my entire body. It was it, it got to the point I remember that book tour. This was for To Love and Let Go, which is, you know, it's, it's a book about a lot of hard things as is. A book about grief, a book about death, a book about, you know, hard things that that came my way in my life. And every time I sat down with a journalist to do an interview about the book or every time I did an appearance about the book or I kind of had to open the door into the hard things, you know, at a time when I was already feeling very vulnerable and sensitive and not at all, you know, what I needed really was was a break, right? A nap, a, a place where I could let my nervous system settle. But what I had to do was travel and work really hard and go all day and continue to open the door to these traumatic things that had happened in my life at a time when just that was a really suddenly a challenging thing for me to do, which it hadn't been before, right? So I remember like staying at a hotel, I think we were in New York City, and having had one of those days, go, go, go all day, you know, like eating lunch in the car from one appointment to the other, just having to be on, having to have my picture taken all the time, having to look really good, you know, feeling self-conscious about what I was wearing, not feeling like myself, just just a lot of tension all day. And then finally getting to the hotel room, we'd had like ordered takeout or something. And Dennis has this... He has this response to stress. And of course, the stress for him is never really the same in those moments because he's coming along with me, right? He's not the one who's on stage or who was like in the spotlight of all the stuff, right? So for him, the stress was different. But he has a really wonderful, what I think, coping mechanism with stress is that he goes to sleep. He can, okay, you know, we've had a long day. Let's go. Let's just, you know, close my eyes and he's out for the night. So his body gives him a lot of opportunities to rest and to regenerate. And he has this really easy way to to take a nap, to soften, to... That's Ringo. I knew, I knew. <laughs> I knew I was going to get interrupted for this podcast. One moment as I let my Italian greyhound through the door. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, 
with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Ringo is uh, in here now, lying on my little rug on the floor, looking. He's looking at me like he wants something. I don't know what he wants, but he doesn't want me to be in here recording this podcast. Ringo, what do you want? <laughs> let's, let's hope he falls asleep. So yeah, so Dennis has this, of course, it's, it's a, we all have different responses to stress and to overwhelm, but I so wish I had his ability to just let his body rest. And some people, you know, just, just do this so very well. And for me, you know, especially, and I found especially when he, like when he would go to bed, I would feel really alone in those overwhelming moments. And what I wanted to do, of course, was just to turn everything off, close my eyes and sleep. But in that quiet moment of things finally quieting down after a really intense, long, long, long day, Dennis falls asleep. We're in his tiny hotel room. You know, everything's just felt really foreign, you know, and also like city noises and stuff happening in the street. And I would just have this out of the blue overwhelming feeling like almost like I'm gonna die just like my 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 throat is just getting really tight my heart feels really heavy my heartbeat would go way up and all of a sudden I'd start feeling like oh my god I can't I'm gonna die here you know like I can't breathe like my my heart is racing so much that I I can't slow it down so I would have to immediately open my eyes like I remember that feeling from that time that anytime a wave of anxiety like that would come my way, I would actually, I would have to escape it immediately. I didn't have any ability to to be with that anxiety because a lot of my my own, you know, personal development and, and, and emotional work has really been around allowing the feelings to come when they come to figure out how to stop resisting, to allow myself to have the experience. And I find that to be true so much of the time that if I'm sad and I try to escape the sadness, I try to make myself not be sad, I try to do happy things, I try to, you know, ignore it, that sadness doesn't go away, right? It's not the way to, the way through that feeling is through the feeling, in the feeling, with the feeling, not around it. So usually when I give myself the space to feel and to acknowledge that I'm sad and where is that sadness in my body and can I give myself a moment here to just cry or to be held and to meet my needs so I can feel the sadness, right? That's the way through the feeling. But in these moments with these peak waves of anxiety that felt so overwhelming, I couldn't cope. There was no way for me to to lean into that feeling. Like leaning into that feeling actually felt like death. So I would have to turn the light on, sit up, you know, stand up, like really try to try to really literally walk away from the moment to escape it in a way. And I would, you know, grab a book or turn on the TV if there was a TV there or grab my phone. I, I ha- had to do anything else, right, than, than be there in that moment because it was so overwhelming. I couldn't deal. And eventually, and then I would have, you know, as I was 
getting tired and getting sleepy and I'm reading my book, trying to focus, which I couldn't do, or I end up scrolling on Instagram, which of course doesn't make anything better. And eventually I'd get really, really, really tired because actually my body was exhausted and just needing sleep. And I realized like, okay, like I'm, I'm yawning, I'm so tired. And then I would get a little bit panicked knowing that when I turn the lights off and close my eyes, that wave that feels like death might come back. So I'd always feel like I have to time it, you know, and close my eyes right at the point where I'm so tired that I'm going to fall asleep right away. If I close my eyes too soon and it leaves this space open for my mind to start racing, that anxiety would come back again. So it was just this really, oh, even talking about this, <laughs> talking about these episodes of anxiety just makes me, makes my skin crawl. Yeah, oh, it's not, it's not something I want to return to or, or go back to. And uh, throughout that time, it wasn't like all day or all night or every night that, you know, I would feel that way. But particularly in peak stress moments, I would, yeah, like for that tour, I don't know how many weeks we were on tour. I had maybe like five or six of those big, big, big ones come my way. And, uh, and uh, yeah, and some of them would be worse and some of them would be more manageable. But I, my, my my feeling was I didn't, I didn't figure it out. <laughs> I mean, I guess I did figure it out because I did change my life and those things, they went away, but I didn't find a way to actually be with myself and that anxiety. That was the intensity of it. I, I had to escape it and move around it and try to almost like cheat the anxiety, you know, distract myself, do something else, forget about the anxiety to the point of getting so tired that I would just pass out, right? And not have that moment. <laughs> it's funny that I'm talking about this right now. I haven't been, I haven't thought about this in a very, very long time. But so anyway, last night, and we're talking, yeah, like 2019, it's 2022. It's been three years to the month, I think, since that, since that book tour, when I had a lot of those experiences. And I haven't had any of these really intense, overwhelming, yeah, overwhelming moments come my way. And last night, for some reason, there it was. For some reason, there it was, you know. And if I kind of like stay with myself now and I, and I look at, you know, why is that anxiety there now? What is going on? all I can really focus on or all I can really think of is just how much I have changed my life since that time. Everything about my life is different. And I didn't just slow down a little bit. I actually completely came to a stop. And it took a long time to get there. But, you know, it really was. And I really think, you know, I, I feel some gratitude as well because if it wasn't for that anxiety and that overwhelm, in 2019, which of course was the accumulation of a lot of overwhelm and being overworked for many years. But if it wasn't for the peak of that and really recognizing and getting so present with, oh my God, this is not working. And then on top of that, I was really physically really ill. I was already sick with mold that I didn't know, you know, we were living in, in mold and I was sick on and off all the time and didn't know why. And of course the stress and overwhelm didn't, wasn't helping. So... I, uh, because of that, that's the reason I decided to take 2020 
off, right? It got so bad that really in, I, I guess I, I could look back at it and, and go in the peak of, of whatever my career was, whatever trajectory I was on. I always feel silly like thinking about my my life as a career because it never felt that way but in terms of what I was doing what I was putting out into the world the amount of money I was bringing in the amount of employees we had the amount of projects and companies and things I was starting again and again and huge things we had I mean 2019 and this was like right at the cusp of the pandemic you know I, I think that was the year I released a, a jewelry line as well and which was one of the most successful things I've, I've really I'd done in a really long time that I had the most fun doing. We were launching a magazine. I don't know if I've talked about that on the podcast. We were launching Yoga Girl magazine uh, with a big partner. We were getting into that. I had spent, what, two years on a clothing line, like a year, a year, a year and a half at least. No, two years on a clothing line with a big partner <laughs> that had gone so far that we actually had finished pieces for this huge line of um, not athletic wear, but like athleisure. Oh, I still want to do it one day because no one's doing what I what I really want to do. But that, and then I just finished and released a book. And then I had back-to-back groups and retreats. And we were looking for investors for this big thing. And you know, yogagirl.com had only been a year and the may like launched in a year. We had so many big things going on. And in the middle of all of that, all of that, with just everything was from the outside very successful, right? Everything was working so well. Everyone was, you know, all the things were selling out. Everything was just career-wise and business-wise perfect, you know, going up, 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 next thing, next thing, next thing. How do you, how do I get bigger? How do I grow faster? How do I, yeah, get to some, I don't even know where, where, where was I going? Where was my end destination? I didn't have one in mind. I just knew I had to keep growing, right? The business had to keep growing. I had to keep growing. I had to keep doing better and producing bigger things. And in the middle of all of that, because of that anxiety, because of not feeling well, I decided 2020, I stop. And that was not a small decision to make, right? 2020, I stop. I didn't say 2020, I'm not going to do any groups anymore at the studio. Or 2020, I don't launch new projects. Or 2020, I'm not doing a tour. It wasn't like that. It was this big inner knowing of 2020, I stop. And I told all the branches of of the business that you have to manage without me, which meant telling the island yoga team, you know, our yoga studio team that I wasn't going to do a single thing. I was even like, I'm not even going to teach a class. I I, I don't want to, I'm not doing anything. You know, you have to manage without me. The studio has to stand on its own two legs without my retreats and my trainings and my classes. Like we, you know, studio team, you got to figure this out, <laughs> which was a, it's a huge thing to do, you know, a stupid thing to do as a yoga studio owner, a ridiculous thing to do um, with all the responsibility that I had around the studio. But I, I just knew I can't, I, I can't, and I don't want to, and I, I can't, like, I, I can't do another year of this, of holding all of these roles and doing all of these things. And, uh, you know, it meant putting a break on so many things that I had in the pipeline and, and was doing and 
I kind of had this idea that I would continue with a lot of things like on the side. I don't know what I was thinking. That would have never happened, you know, obviously. But I really wanted just to stop. And, uh, you know. <laughs> and 2020 came along. And um, I actually, I ended up having one retreat in 2020 that I'm so happy I had. But I didn't want to do and uh, I would, you know, every single year I would, for, for as long as I, how long, like every year at the same time we go to Costa Rica and I teach at and attend a festival there that's founded by one of my best friends and, you know, brothers in, in the world. And I have so much family there. I love going there. But I had already decided inside of myself that I'm not doing anything in 2020. No retreats, no groups. I have to stop. I have to slow down. And then I had this semi-commitment with this really good friend of mine. And I remember feeling like I would so let him down if I don't come, if I don't do this retreat that we, we didn't have, like it wasn't set in stone, but because I come every year, it was kind of this, yeah, this presumed thing that I always would do. And I remember the feeling like I, if I get to choose, I, I don't want to, right? I'm burnt out. I, I need this year to myself, like I said. But it was one of those things where I, I just couldn't set a boundary there well enough. I didn't want to risk the relationship. I didn't want to hurt his feelings. I didn't want to let anybody down. So it's like, okay, fine. I'll do this retreat. But deep down, I didn't want to. I really didn't. I, I It was different than all the other retreats and groups that I've ever had because all of them, it's like, this is what I do. This is who I am. This is what I do best. I shine and I thrive in these groups. I would enter every group like, yay, let's go, even if I was tired, even if it came, you know, after a lot of overwhelm or whatever. Like I never entered a group feeling any kind of hesitation before, but that one I did. And of course, I got really sick right before. It's like my body knew, like I'm resisting this thing. I should have set a boundary, you know, and, and just that idea, like if I had a choice, I wouldn't have done it. Of course, I had a choice. I have a choice every moment of every day but didn't feel like it then. You know, I had so many things that I had started that I felt like I couldn't just stop. I didn't want to let people down, right? And this essentially, of course, is what burnout comes from. Burnout is not just the amount of stuff we do in a day, right? Burnout comes from over committing ourselves emotionally and feeling like we don't have a choice in how to stop and how to move through our day. Like, our lives actually are not in our own hands. Like our life is this free train and it's just moving at this pace and we can't do anything to stop it. That overwhelm, you know, that comes from not being able to set boundaries or not having had any boundaries in place. Feeling like we are letting people down, like that, you know, we, we can burn out. And, I, and I'm using this word that I'm going to say now with the biggest air quotes you've ever seen in your life just <laughs> from being a mom. <laughs> we all know there's no just being a mom, right? Being a mom is the hardest damn thing in the whole world. But being a stay-at-home mom, we can absolutely burn out, even if objectively from the outside, it doesn't look like we are doing the same amount of stuff that people who burn out in their careers, you know, are doing. Emotional burnout, I think actually is is goes deeper 
and takes longer to heal than the kind of burnout that comes from climbing the ladder at a corporate job, working really hard, right? Because at the end of the day, you can walk away from a lot of that and realize that your priorities actually were elsewhere. But if you're emotionally burnt out and it involves your most important people, it involves your family, it involves your loved ones, your kids, your parents, whatever, that's that's really, really, really heavy and really hard to move through because you can't just walk away. And for me, that, that, okay, the sound you're hearing now, just so you know, <laughs> do you hear that? That's Ringo snoring. Okay. <laughs> just so you know, if you're wondering what this noise in the background is, it's Ringo snoring. So anyway, that burnout and, and my burnout, especially the beginning of 2020 there, was also very emotional for a lot of different reasons and dealing with things with my mom. And then this final thing I had, right, which was this retreat that I did, even though I was burnt out, even though I knew I was dealing with burnout, even though I knew this was the year where I set a boundary and take care of myself. And it's like, I couldn't set the boundary there. And then I still had that thing. It was so overwhelming. Oh my God. It was a saying yes when everything in my body was screaming no, you know. And I'm grateful anyway. It's funny how things work. Even the really, really hard things like that I can see were objectively bad decisions. They often, you know, when we look back, lead us to the good place because that ended up being the last retreat I did before the pandemic. It ended up being the last trip we took before the pandemic. It ended up being... Like really when I look at it, my last two weeks of freedom pre-lockdown, having that time in circle, in community, meeting amazing people, like of course it ended up being beautiful, right? And then spending time with my friends and family at this festival I love so much. Like at the end it was good, but it was my final big lesson in, in, in recognizing that when my body and my being tells me no, I can't say yes. I'm not supposed to say yes. I have to learn to listen to that voice and and act on it and trust it way sooner. So if it wasn't for all of that and all of that panic and all of that anxiety, I wouldn't have taken 2020 off. And then, of course, we all know what happened in March 2020. I taught that retreat the first week of March, came home, and I think five days or four days after that, we were in lockdown. The whole world shut down. You know, COVID came and... And then we know what happened when COVID came. What 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 happened? We all stopped, right? And <laughs> all the things that I had said I was going to do and how I was going to slow down and stop and not do in 2020, they all came true. Not the way I had wished for, not in the way that I had wanted, you know, but filled with panic and anxiety for other reasons and in other ways. But somehow, you know, that decision there brought me everything I was looking for, all the introspection, all the time and space to slow down and get really quiet and really look at how I'm living my life, how I'm moving through my day to day, figuring out why I was running so fast in the first place. All of that happened. And I'm really certain if it wasn't for the pandemic, I would not I would not have had those realizations. I probably 
would have had a hard time turning opportunities down. I would have had a lot of FOMO, saying no to things, trying to make that year a year freer from work, like a slower. It would have been a struggle, I'm, I'm really sure. And then, of course, you know, the year after that, <laughs> 2021, my year of mold. It's like that was the year when everything became illuminated and not just the internal emotional reasons to my burnout, but the actual physical reasons of being really sick and losing our home and, you know, going to Sweden to try to get a break from the shit show that was our lives and then falling in love with Sweden, ending up moving to Sweden, like end of 2021. And, you know, now it's 2022 and it's August and it's been... It's been three years since my last big anxiety episode and my life could not look more different now than it did back then. I'm in a different part of the world. I am no longer working in that way at all, at all. I think I, I've scaled 80% away of what I used to, of what I used to do. My day to day from waking up in the morning till I go to bed at night is like another, it's like it's a different person's life that I'm living. How I look at things that come my way, the things I value, the things I prioritize, how I am as a human has fundamentally changed. In my essence, I am, of course, still the same person, but I'm living a life now that's closer to that than I was then. And instead of you know, figuring out <laughs> how to make my, my life work and puzzling the, the pieces of, of taking care of and supporting 45 employees and tons of different companies and tons of different countries and planning my life out two years ahead and touring and retreats and, you know, doing all this huge stuff. I, <laughs> I wake up every morning and I my first, the first thought in my brain is, how are my plants doing today? <laughs> and I, I tear up saying that. I, I do, I tear up saying that because, because that means so much to me. It means so much to me that instead of waking up in the morning already feeling overwhelmed around how am I going to have enough time with my daughter today? How am I going to make my life work? How am I going to get better? I feel so terrible. You know, how am I going to succeed at this big thing? How am I going to perform at this event? <laughs> my first thought in the morning is, I wonder how the garden's doing. <laughs> and, and I have to cry sharing that because getting to that point was not easy you know, it wasn't this one realization of, oh, wow, I want to change my life. And then I did that. No, it was really, really, really hard. The past three years, everything it took to get here was really, really, really hard. And not just hard in the external circumstances of changing one's life and trying to slow down and pumping the brakes and yeah, dealing with the pandemic and being sick and losing our home and our lives. And then everything was for good. Like 
that I know everything, every hard moment, every sad moment, every illness, every moment of unknown, all the anxiety was for good because it brought me to a life where I get to wake up in the morning with space, with peace, looking ahead at a day that has potential and joy and pleasure and where I have time in abundance to be with my child, to spend time with my husband in a way that is present and fun, you know, and not just about stress and logistics and work and parenting in a hard way, but like present time with my family. Yeah, I get to live a life where I'm in nature all day. And all of it was for good. <laughs> if you've been listening to this podcast for a long time, you I'm sure you remember this podcast a year ago, how nervous I was, how hard it was for me to be in the unknown, not knowing what to do, where to be, how to live. And now I'm here and, and I can really truly fully say that it was all for good. And also know if it hadn't been hard, it wouldn't have brought me here. Right? The medium, mediocre, gray areas of our lives don't take us to any big change. And that's why, like, that anxiety I experienced yesterday after a day of, <laughs> literally a day of picking berries, we spent two hours picking berries in the garden, cherries and red currants and we finally have some raspberries coming in. I bottled kombucha and baked sourdough bread, <laughs> made a cake, you know, spent some time just reading outside with Leia and drawing and walked the dogs and had a beer on the dock at sunset with Dennis and went for a swim, ate really delicious food and went to bed. And the moment I closed my eyes, there was that anxiety again. And it was not the same intensity as back then, not that, oh my God, I'm going to die kind of feeling, but it was this, you know, if you've ever been in really intense pain, like if you've ever given birth <laughs> or broken a bone or something, and then shortly after, not a long time after, because the body tends to take care of that and we forget, right? But shortly after, you have the, like the very visceral memory of the pain. You can close your eyes and you can remember the pain. And it's almost like a little mini stab of the pain. That's what this anxiety was. It was the full body remembering of what a wave of, oh, oh my God, panic attack, I'm going to die kind of feeling was. I closed my eyes and there was that tightening of my chest, and my throat and my heart racing and almost like the walls are closing in and, and I had to just clutch my chest, you know, and sit up and go, what, you know, what? what is this? What is this? What is this? And I can't have to think back, like, what did I do? I think I just sat up in bed for a while, just kind of holding my heart going, okay, 
okay, here we are, you know, I'm about to, and what I do is I like to orient myself. I do the techniques that I would use on a person in the room with me, you know, I orient myself and I name the feeling. I tell myself, okay, so anxiety is visiting tonight. Okay. You know, I know this is not the end of the world. I'm not going to die. Nothing's wrong with me. It's just anxiety here. And oftentimes when I name a feeling that's really helpful, gives me perspective and grounds me. It's just a feeling. I know feelings come and then they go. And none of that was working. And finally, I think, okay, I'm just going to lie down and I'll just, I'll, I'll go to bed. You know, that's what I'm trying to do here. I'm just trying to fall asleep. And there it was, and there it was, and there it was, and there it was. And I was twisting and turning and trying to fall asleep. And I could not, fall. I don't know how long. And I really didn't want to do the thing. I don't know, it felt like failure to, to escape the moment. I really felt like, hey, I am different now. I live differently now. I've learned a lot. I know a lot. I can be with myself in this hard moment. I can be with this hard feeling. And I couldn't. I mean, I tried and maybe in trying, I was a bit present with it. But the, just the fear of it becoming that bad, the fear of it becoming a full-fledged panic attack was too, too overwhelming, you know. So I did the thing. I turned on the lights. I got some water, like walked out into the living, into the kitchen and got some water and took a breath, stepped out on the patio, looked at the stars. Stars did not feel comforting, felt menacing, you know, didn't feel, didn't feel, yeah, did not feel the feeling of, oh, nature and I belong and no, 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 no. It just, it's just bad, 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 bad. I go, I try to read. I think I read the same sentence, oh, the same page, uh, maybe 15 times before I was like, okay, picked up my phone and I spent, I don't know how long, I don't know how long, middle of the night staring at this terrible blue light screen that I know just wires my brain up and tells my brain to do anything but sleep. And I scrolled through ridiculous, ridiculous, stupid fucking shit. It's so stupid. I'm sorry, but it's so dumb. It's so dumb. I, 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 stupid shit on Instagram. And Instagram now doesn't even give you the people you follow, right? It's the worst. It's the worst part about, about Instagram. Now, it used to be that you could choose who you follow, and then you can choose to only follow people who share content that comforts you or that makes you feel less alone or that inspires you or that makes you laugh, right? No. Now, I'm getting strangers I've never seen showing me why this great new filter, um, how it makes their teeth look whiter, or here's the filter that makes you look like a Disney princess, or here's this stupid thing, or here's my clothing haul from some website, or here's, it's just thing after thing after thing after thing that means nothing thing after thing that just bombards my brain with nonsense that that does the opposite of comfort me right and the thing about about this this anxiety last night is it, it was the only thing I could do and as I share it I feel like I feel some shame there I feel you know hey Am I not supposed to be the expert on these things? Am I not supposed to 
know exactly how to how to solve these things, how to be with myself in these moments, how to bring myself back to peace, right? No, I couldn't, right? I couldn't. And what I can do is tell the truth about that and just share honestly how I feel. I couldn't. And it was 3 a.m. <laughs> oh, yeah, that makes me tired saying that. It was 3 a.m., when I finally felt that feeling of being overwhelmingly tired enough, like yawning to the point of, okay, that I could put my phone down, turn the light off, close my eyes and fall asleep. And I wake up this morning and I think Dennis just had a feeling, I don't know, normally or at least this year, we've had a different rhythm. Normally, I'm the one who's awake first, way before everybody else. This whole year, it's been totally different. Since we moved to Sweden, I sleep about an hour more than him. Um, so he wakes up first, and then Leia wakes up. And she always, either she's in bed with us already, because she came over at night, or she wakes up in the morning and she climbs into bed. She does this thing where she like cups my face with her little hands. She puts her hands to my cheeks. And she smiles and she says, good morning, mama. She's always, she wakes up with that smile, you know, that love every single morning. So she'll do that. And then she'll go on into the kitchen with Dennis. And then I will have like another hour some days. Like I really, that's how I get the sleep I need because I'm not a great sleeper. Um, normally they're up at like 7 or 7.30 and I'm up at 8 or 8.30. And uh, this morning, he must have felt something, right, that something wasn't right, because at 10.30, I wake up. <sighs> Thank God. Like, I really had that quiet, yeah, I, I got I got hours I needed, right, 10.30. I can't remember the time last I slept that long. And I feel like I have been run over by something, right, that feeling after overwhelming anxiety, that feeling your body is so tired, everything hurts. My shoulders, my neck, my upper back, just like I've been sleeping in a ball of tension all night, barely sleeping. And uh, and then, yeah, he just hugged me and said, you okay? You know, are you sick? Or um, I just said, I, I feel I had I had so much anxiety. I couldn't sleep. I was up till three. And he goes, this man, I love him so much. He goes, do you want me to take Leia to run some errands and and you take a few hours for yourself? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> he just hugs me and, you know, they had something to do. They were picking up something somewhere and they were going to, I don't know. I, I don't even know. Where did they go? I don't know. But so instead of, yeah, kind of running into the day that late, I got to sit down and drink my tea. And as soon as I poured my first bowl of tea, I started to cry. And I cry and I cry. And I always play when I when I sit in my tea ritual in the morning, I I have these playlists. I have two playlists for tea. I have one for evening that's so mellow, it will put you to sleep. And I have one for morning that's a little more vibing and a little more like if I want to dance at the tea table, I can dance a little bit. But I always put it on shuffle. And it's hundreds and hundreds of songs. Like I never know what I'm going to get. 
And I'm sitting there crying with my first bowl of tea. And then this song plays. It's Ted Yadestad, which is, who is, um, or was a very, very famous, like Swedish folk artist. He's like our most, he's, he was a national treasure. Like there's no Swedish person that doesn't know each and every one of his songs. Um, he died in the early 90s. But it's a song and it's a song that's it's like childhood for me, his music. And it's a cover of one of of one of his best songs um, by First Aid Kit. If you don't, I mean, you know, First Aid Kit, right? Everybody knows First Aid Kit. If you don't know First Aid Kit, please like make sure you know First Aid Kit. Um they're, they're, I mean, they're, they're just amazing. And um, the name of the song is Come Give Me Love. And he sings it in Swedish. And they have this amazing cover. Oh, go listen to it after this show. So it's First Aid Kit, Come Give Me Love. It's their cover of Ted's song. And I haven't heard it all summer. I don't know why. I normally play his music a lot. It's like summertime for me. And this song comes on and... And I'm just remembering last year when we were in Sweden, when we didn't know where we were going to live. We didn't know if things were going to work out. We didn't know what to do. I was in Sweden alone with Leia in this little cabin like that on this land that I fell in love with. Like this time that really brought me back to Sweden, like discovering the forest again and plants and nature. And, and my friend came to visit one of my best friends. And she stayed with Leia in the little cabin. I went to go do something. I can't remember what it was, shopping or something. But I got in the car and I drove through these fields, like through the woods and through these fields. This was last year. And this song came on in the car, Come Give Me Love, the cover by First Aid Kit. And it was my first moment being alone without Leia, like totally alone in the car. And... I was just hit with this complete overwhelming love for Sweden, for nature, for like I can close my eyes and bring myself back to this memory so intensely driving through these fields, listening to that song, bawling my eyes out in the car with fear and trust and Sweden and wanting to find my roots and kind of letting go of all the old and feeling so grateful and so terrified at the same time. And somehow that song just embodies all the feelings, right? And then this morning I'm sitting there at the tea table and that song comes on and I'm just reminded of how one year ago I didn't know where we lived, right? One year ago I didn't know who I was. One year ago I didn't know what I was supposed to do. I just had so much fear and so much so much hope. And now somehow I get to live this life that I really, really, really dreamed of. And I don't know if that anxiety came as a reminder to be grateful for it or just as a as a full circle moment to for me to be here recording this podcast, reminding myself of how far I've come honoring the fact that I really did change my life, that I really did get to the place that I dreamed of, that I longed for, that I was crying for in the car a year ago. Like, I'm here now. 
<laughs> I'm here now. And I know I don't, I don't want to be with that anxiety, whatever it is, wherever it came from. But I'm also very grateful for it because it actually did bring me here. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is a full full circle moment for me. I don't know if when I go to bed tonight anxiety is going to visit again. I don't know. But I I really do know I'm in the right place. And I guess that's a lot. It is a lot. <laughs> It is a lot, especially if you spent a long time not knowing where you were going. So I want to say, especially if you were here a year ago, especially if you were here five years ago, <laughs> if you've been in these full circle journeys with me, thank you for listening. If you, if you know what I'm talking about when I talk about this anxiety, just please, I hope this podcast episode reminded you that you are so not alone. And even the people who look like they have it the most together, you know, experience these things. And we are so much more alike than we are different. And maybe the anxiety that you're moving through is bringing you somewhere, right? Maybe it's the universe's final act of change your life. I don't think all anxiety means there's a external physical change we have to make in our lives, but it's calling for something to change. And I'm wondering now if for me, is it, is it just me learning how to be with myself? Now that I know how to be with myself in the quiet, I know how to slow down and I know how to really be here. Or maybe it's my body just bringing me things that I have yet to feel, you know, things that are stored away. Maybe it's old. I don't know. I dread it and I'm grateful. And I hope you are too. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'll be back next week. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoyed this show, make sure you listen, rate, and review all the episodes of the Yoga Girl podcast, Conversations from the Heart. Available now for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, and wherever you normally get your shows. Of course, thank you to my sponsors. Make sure you support them the way they support this podcast. This was a presentation of Cadence 13 Studio, and I'll see you next week. <laughs>